I am mm. drinking the unofficial beverage of wow. Predator Minute, which would be Familia Camarena Tequila. Wow, look at you. Alisco, Mexico, because we all know the official one is Dutch whiskey, right? Right, right. We we got to get together one time and do an in-person episode where we, we drink Dutch whiskey. We really do. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And today we're talking Minute 36 of Predator. Minute 36 opens with Ponchito moving through the jungle and ends with Dutch moving through the jungle. So pretty much... (laughs) Everyone is moving through the jungle. Moving through the jungle minute. (laughs) It is. It is. This is actually a really fun minute because Mm -hmm. uh, we get to see all of the characters mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. We, well all of the entire team of characters right or well and they're uh, and they're plus one the one they you know on yeah. it where they just picked up from the gorilla camp is here now to join the fun the food yep. fellowship and, yeah we just we kind of get well we'll get into it but we get nice little shots of each character uh kind of what they're carrying as they head off into the jungle with the predator presumably right on their heels. Yes, yes. We just yeah. ended the last minute, mostly in predator vision, uh, with a, a very special <laughs> guest, uh, Adam Pranica. Boy, that was us. a fun episode. Oh, that was a good time. Way fun episode. Oh, I think we called it Dick. <laughs> Tangentializing all over the place, but also diving deep into this movie we love so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to pick up the pace where we left off, Jeff. Sure, carrying over from last minute. <laughs> so the camera starts out with a, uh, a 24, 25 second wonder, a one shot here, mm-hmm. where we start with Ponchito, Poncho, moving through the jungle, and the camera is following him. This is a very impressive one shot, actually. If you think about carrying a camera on your shoulder, mm-hmm. a steady cam. Big, and this is in the late 80s, big, heavy, steady cam carrying that on your shoulder as you're following these characters through the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we can talk about that. Uh, I should finish my description. Um, <laughs> we get Poncho moving through the leaves, through the jungle, and then the camera moves over to Billy, and we see he gives a nice, like, kind of, he looks like a double dragon character right there. Just oh, yeah. He's there, crouching. You know? Yeah, the way his arm is, his big bicep is there in the frame. Mm-hmm. And the camera, and then he... He, uh, Billy kind of runs off and the camera moves with him and then he runs out of the frame and it's back on back 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 and it's back on Poncho who we must understand kind of went around and then kind of sort of came up towards the camera it's a pretty cool sequence right there don't you think yeah I think it's a, a way cool sequence it, it gives off a very military patrol vibe the way it looks like Billy's kind of waiting for Ponchito to go past them and then Ponchito's waiting for him mm-hmm. to go past them um, I, I imagine moving through the jungle like that would be <laughs> very time consuming so uh, when they when we, they move on later on in the minute they are not sticking to that like you go then I go you go then I go formation yeah. but it, it's neat to see here and like you're saying it makes really good camera work because this is not just some kind of steady or not steady but it's not this on a track kind of camera shot 
where they're just track, track Mac. Where they're <laughs> staying in with everything in one uh, horizontal plane. They're they're moving up and down and up and down and having to change their focus uh, from Billy in the foreground to to Ponchito in the background. Yeah, and like I said, like carrying a 1980s Steadicam through the jungle, mm-hmm. like that is no easy feat right there. So hats off to uh, the. Uh, cinematography team getting that done yeah um yeah i like the point you make that it's very military how they kind of one moves forward then waits and the other one moves Mm -hmm. and waits and then he moves again like that actually kind of reminds me of like playing a video game with your friend yeah you know like like not to bring up double dragon again but it makes me think of double dragon or double dragon 2 when you would play with your friend and like you'd sort of move in in stages through each little level um, yeah, picking off bad guys on the left side of the screen, and the right side of the screen. <laughs> I always think about uh, Halo and the Halo franchise and that kind of yeah. tactic, <laughs> especially yeah. because, like, in the less than legendary difficulty of Halo, you could end up dying as the point man, and then the next person after the first person who just died is respawned could go give it a try. Like, I would often mm. do that with my brother Zach when we'd play the Halo games where. He was always the better player, but we'd always just do the whole one at a time. Like, you go, you go ahead and wipe out the next room. If you die, then I'll wait for you to respond. Then I'll continue right. on what you started. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so uh, that's a pretty cool sequence right there for the first 24 seconds, a single camera shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we cut and we get a nice shot of the canopy. And what moves right into frame is Billy again holding his what kind of gun is that? Is that his M16? That's his M16 with shotgun underbarrel attachment. We see here in the middle of the minute before when we see him at the beginning of the minute, he is n- not holding the same gun. He's holding the M16 mm-hmm. without the M6 or without the underbarrel shotgun attachment, the Mossberg 500. So that's a little internet goof that's mm. put on display, but you know, at the same time I don't care. <laughs> don't <laughs> no, care. That is only in a minute by minute format. Would you yeah, ever notice that? Exactly. Um, and somebody did that, I guess, to find that goof uh, before us. And uh, I like to think of this next part as sort of like our parade of characters mm-hmm. coming through. Cause we see the whole team moving through the jungle. Um, and it's, so we get this shot following the trail. We see Billy, we see Poncho, Ponchito, uh, then we switch and we see shots of Dylan with our hostage. Dylan! Dylan! Dylan. With our hostage, Anna. And they're kind of moving through. And then we get Blaine and Mac. And Blaine's got Mac. all that... Mac! Mac! Blaine's got all that ammo strapped to his back. Mac! Back! Mac! <laughs> you knew that was coming. <laughs> I did. Uh, and then Mac moves right behind him. And uh, yeah, so we get this little kind of parade of our characters. But, uh, I was just going to ask you, how do you feel about this shot, this sequence in the larger context of the film? We've talked a lot about the transition from the first act to the second act here. Right. Well, oh, first act. Um, act! <laughs> Se- secondly. Fair enough. <laughs> secondly, us coming off of a good minute stretch, minute long stretch of predator vision, looking over the aftermath of the camp and seeing the predator hand, we now have a bead on what possible kind of creature is out there in the jungle too. So with, with the team moving through the jungle uh, in, in a way it's as if they, they know there's still enemies out there, at least to their knowledge, when they talked on the radio, when Hawkins last talked on the radio, they know that there are gorillas all around them still closing on mm. the closing in on the, the gorilla camp on their position. So they, 
are really looking aware for the gorillas if you're keeping it in context. But at the same time, if we're, we know the, that there's something else out there, there's something with this different vision and uh, who, who is not human, right? You, you could kind of in your mind's eye think, oh, this this team is trying to be ready for anything, whether it's mm. human or, or beyond human. Yeah, the, this sequence is like I called it a parade earlier because they're kind mm-hmm. of showing each character, what are they wearing? What weapons do they have set up? Um, and how, you know, how does each character look as they head out back into the jungle with the, with the predator right on their heels? And, and at this point, we start to understand as the audience that uh, a, a showdown of sorts is, a, is about to happen here in the next section of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think the sequence does a real good job of sort of setting that up, to priming us for that. Yeah, and John McTiernan in the commentary, I mentioned this last minute last week, with Adam that this is the first thing he filmed for the movie, which, which was interesting um, to mm. keep it all in, uh, in time with everything else. It's not something that I think about a lot as a movie watcher, but the way you hear about movies being edited later on, you have to have such forethought to, to put such a sequence together where everything is keeping with the continuity. So maybe that's the reason at first why we're not seeing uh, the shotgun attachment on Billy's weapon. And when he says it, I'm not really sure if he means this whole minute that we're seeing or if he just means the back and forth that Ponchito and Billy have going on here because mm. and I say that because because Blaine has his uh, his gauze, his bandaging on with his uh, bleeding wound uh, later on in this minute. So I don't know yeah. if that means, right, John McTiernan filmed this whole sequence, but it, it is really cool to have the, the parade of heroes right here. Um, and there's, yeah. there's no dialogue. It's just the actions, eyes and face, and right, Dylan giving some kind of head nods and everybody's weapons right in your face. Yeah, this is a dialogue-free minute, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of the kind of the best of both worlds. So it's it's a top notch minute hmm. with all the whole team here and yeah, no dialogue. So the camera's doing all the uh, all the telling that we need. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good one. So at the very very end here, mm-hmm. couple things. Couple things. Right. Uh, Panchito uh, breaks out in the open. <laughs> he kind of yeah. has this like, where the hell <laughs> are we kind of look? And where the hell was I? He he does a nice uh, Tobias Fuque impression coming out of the <laughs> coming out of the greenery. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. Coming out of the greenery. Hi guys. Uh, yeah, pops out there, and then at the very end, we get the last member of our team. This is an all character minute mm-hmm. because uh, a Dutch does pop up here in like the last second. Of yeah, the when he pops seconds. up, uh, you actually hear the theme, the main theme from Predator editor and just really kicks in and i've talked about this in a previous minute but i've seen online the discussion that this is not the predators theme but this is the theme of the team or at least that's just all business really i don't know taking the military jangle for a ride kind of track just really riffing into uh, those those deep notes. Yeah, it's like the the low keys on the piano. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it kicks right in there. Man, it's once you told me that Sylvester did the score for this movie and for Back to the Future, I cannot separate the two there are so many parallels there to the way he constructs his or composes his scores Mm -hmm. uh, for for uh all four positive outcomes like i love it but i I can totally hear 
Back to the Future in this movie and vice versa when I listen to the music. Let's see if you bastards can do 90. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the minute there. Did you have other tidbits to add beyond the description of kind of what's going on here uh, in each section? Well, since we're seeing the whole team in this minute, it made me think of other team or squad-based movies. I, I, I was just wanting to, to hear your take on such a genre of film because I think one of the main reasons I love this movie so much is having that team that complements each other where there's not necessarily the one person who has to do it all, who has to be the explosive expert, the radio uh, communications expert, the minigun firer. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's nice to have a, a team around you. It's nice to have backup when right you don't have all the tools. And this is right. such a movie. And I was wondering uh, what other movies came to your mind when you're thinking about ensemble or team squad-based movies? Um, well, I'll throw one out. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, when I think of like ensemble or, or team-based thing, I – I th- a lot of times I think of like heist movies, um, mm-hmm. and I know uh, one that you had mentioned before was uh, Ocean's Eleven, which you can talk about more. That's a great movie. I love that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, one that came to my mind was Reservoir Dogs, Tar- Tarantino's first movie. And uh, that, for me, is a, a great ensemble type of movie. It's a little outside the box. It's not really an action mm-hmm. ensemble movie, but um, it is a – it's. You know, there's a lot of flashbacks in that movie to set up, but to set up the story. But really, the whole thing just takes place in one room. And as each character enters at different moments throughout the film, uh, each character entering that room changes the dynamic or fills in some part of the backstory. And on top of that, it's a movie about a team of criminals that are trying to pull off a heist. So mm-hmm. um, that's one. And I, any movie that's about a heist, I'm probably all in on all I'll watch without <laughs> knowing anything else about it. Mm-hmm. If, if the word heist is in the description, I'll watch it. So, um, and one of my favorite heist movies is definitely Reservoir Dogs. Awesome. Uh, see, one of my one of my top movies, just top. I don't know. Uh, anytime views uh, for me is is the Lord of the Rings movies, or mm. are the Lord of the Rings movies? Just love them so much. And even though the team is split up by the end of the first movie I, I just really enjoy how everybody comes from a different background and has a different motivation for joining the team different interests it's it's you know something to keep in mind when you build your own team or squad for whatever goal just be thinking about where people are coming from and what's their interest in mm-hmm. achieving this objective are they doing it for the same reasons you are or do they have uh other other things in mind just to think a little bit more deeply about that but <laughs> just on the regular i like to watch those movies anyway oh yeah Did you have another? those are great yeah, go ahead oh no i was just gonna say like i i own the like extended editions of those films mm-hmm. and i have definitely had weekends well before i had kids <laughs> where i would watch all three extended versions <laughs> of those movies back to back to back yeah like especially if it was like a hungover Sunday or something. Yep. Yeah, yep. And I'm just like eating scrambled eggs and putting in the two towers. <laughs> you're, 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 you're going through a half a day right there. Just watching those three extended oh. editions back to back to back. Oh yeah, dude. Like that'll take up your whole day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I got another one I'll throw at you. Sure. This one's a little, again, a little out of the box, but it is definitely a, a team movie in a sense, but this movie combines two things that I love in movies, uh, one of which is a Stephen King adaptation. Mm-hmm. I love Stephen King adaptations. And uh, two, movies about kids. I have a soft spot for movies about kids. 
Um, and so this is uh, Stand By Me. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go Maximum Overdrive. Oh, <laughs> that is a movie about cocaine, John. Yes. <laughs> the dangers and the benefits of cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. No, I was going to go Stand By Me, which is about an, a group of, of kids. is a coming-of-age story. Mm-hmm. I'm sure many of you have seen Stand By Me, but it's in my top five of all time, Stephen King adaptations. Mm. Um, I saw it when I was a teenager and it's always stuck with me. It's a movie I revisit every few years. Yeah, it's fantastic, as many people know. So yeah, stand by me. Good ensemble. A complete and total barforama. And River Phoenix, rest in peace. Yeah, oh, way too soon, way too soon. Way too soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see, I, I think it... Goes without saying when talking about heists and ensemble, talking about Ocean's Eleven. So I don't really mm-hmm. like talking about Ocean's Eleven. Like enough has been said about that. I sure what really when I saw just a few years ago um, that really stood out to me. Hilariously funny movie. Um, you have Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost doing mm. their darndest, and you have uh, the rest of the team: Patty Considine, Martin Freeman, and Eddie Marsan. Um, yeah, they're they're going pub to pub doing the ultimate pub crawl that they're revisiting after 20 years uh, in the movie uh, world's end movie i was really excited to see in theaters saw it was not ready for the genre tone shift in the middle just <laughs> lo- loved it all the more and i absolutely love the team uh, throughout the movie it's not your traditional like we're a team like pulling off a heist it's just, just a you know five buddies from high school 20 yeah. years later you know going through their different midlife crises come to terms with their own being uh, as the movie goes yeah, on that movie has been slept on a little bit like yeah. it's people don't talk about it as much when they talk about hot fuzz and Shaun of the dead but mm-hmm. the world's end is really funny yeah it's, and it's really you know edgar right of course it's gonna be really well done yeah and you have those you have those five leads you could call them just uh, all wonderful wonderful actors on their own right but when they're working together it's so so fun and i'd recommend anybody watching the out to anybody to watch the outtakes after you watch the movie because you can see more of those personalities how those personalities definitely bleed into their actual characters on screen where i would say martin, yeah. martin freeman is definitely the more like anal retentive serious one like the one who's like yeah. all right y'all I'm, I'm a professional i'm on the clock come on now like time is money like i have to you know end this take before the end of the day <laughs> or i have to like nail this scene <laughs> and but but uh, just a really enjoyable watch and seeing a, a, a team quote unquote maybe not necessarily working together but just just enjoying each other's company uh, through yeah. the course of of one fateful evening yeah World's yeah End. absolutely yeah. good good pick good thanks pick. drink up let's boo-boo yeah did you I, uh, any other ones that came to mind when talking squad well, i just teams? wrote down those i just wrote down those two so okay. if you have any others to throw out there you should uh let's see <laughs> my, my last one is is uh i don't know if it was slept on or just People didn't like it as much, but I, I really enjoyed the team aspect of U.S. Marshals, which was the sequel oh, to yeah. The Fugitive. Uh, Fugitive. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, yeah, yeah. really does a great job, I thought, focusing on Tommy Lee Jones's Marshall team as they're tracking Wesley Snipes um, after uh, you know another Snipes. <laughs> after another wrongful crime, right? Wrongfully right. accused crime, but uh, they have, you have Joey Pants in there. Yeah, no, that, that sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I was just going to say that that's one that if I like, it's not a movie I would necessarily put on, but if I come across it on cable, I'm stopping and watching. Yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of those. Yeah, I, I, 
I feel it does a much better job of putting the team at, in, into action uh, than the fugitive. The fugitive tend to focus much more on just Tommy Lee Jones, whereas U.S. Marshals, yeah. I thought, did a, did a great job of, of leaning on the team and how they had their own dynamic, but it wasn't like a dramatic dynamic if you know what i mean where it's not just oh we're like the u.s marshall team it's like there's all this inner turmoil and drama it's like no it's it's much more procedural and how to handle their interactions and how they went about their business yeah i i like it good good pick awesome thanks yeah Yeah. and and on board (laughs) thanks and and if there's nothing else to talk about for this minute we could just talk about our weekly picks weekly recommend uh you should go first (laughs) so you can (laughs) rattle something around there (laughs) yeah so i can remember some things i've watched or seen so uh okay i'm gonna go go outside the box a little bit on this one i'm gonna recommend that the next time you bake pizza, you should not use all-purpose flour. You should use bread flour. Oh. It makes makes all the difference. Um, when um, when Sarah and I were putting together a weekly food schedule uh, a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. we, we were thinking, oh, let's just do all Italian food. And I was looking up all these recipes for pizza because pizza is my favorite food. And time and time again, people were recommending bread flour over any other kind of flour to use along with the traditional yeast and warm water for the dough and a little bit of salt and maybe some sugar here uh, interesting but bread flour when you use that in your pizza dough i'll guarantee that it's going to be more sticky uh more cohesive and it's going to bake a lot more crisply than regular uh, all-purpose flour so <laughs> huh. next time you're making a pizza make it bread flour that you're baking with and just talking <laughs> about it right now makes me think oh that's something i'm going to make during the spring break and i make little you know pizzas for everybody or do you make little you know i make little pizza balls for everybody then everybody will go and then just flatten them out and put them on the mm. stone and flatten they all flatten your balls john <laughs> <laughs> oh flattening the balls Flatten those balls. Uh, hey, good recommend. Hey, I uh, would love to learn how to make my own pizza dough. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, all right. So for my recommend, I'm going to go with a TV show. This is a show that has been on HBO for several seasons now. It's probably my favorite comedy on television at the moment. Uh, I always forget how funny it is until a new season pops up and then I laugh hysterically the whole time through it. Um, And that show is called Veep starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Have you watched any episodes of Veep? I have. I think Sarah and I watched the first season, season and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're on season four or five now. Uh, whichever one is the newest season just started. We just watched the first episode of the new season the other night. Um, and it is absolutely hilarious. I Maybe it just tickles my vulgar funny bone, but it feels like every line in that, every line of dialogue in that show is an attempt at a joke, which I really appreciate. Not all of them land, but a lot of them do. And on top of that, a lot of the jokes are them insulting each other, which <laughs> just, just tickles my funny yeah. bone. I don't know, man. It's just so the the insults they come up for each other are hilarious, and the storylines are the whole storyline is absurd. It's completely satirical and um, absurdist humor. Like it's it's a it's it sort of mocks our entire political system. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which I also kind of appreciate right now in this moment in history. So yeah. um, if you need a little comic relief uh, in terms of uh, politics and, and, and just some really great modern uh, humor, check out Veep. It's uh, one of my favorites right now. All right. All right. Yeah. So with the recommends all done, now we talk about where we can find you, Jeff. Where can people find you? Well, of course, I'm on the uh, Twitter, capital K Carl, underscore capital H Hungus 314. Hello. Minor dispatcher says there's something wrong with Dinah Kaba. I'm here to fix, fix the cable. Sorry, I was trying to swallow a mouthful of wine and say my Twitter handle at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, I'm on Twitter. You all know that. Carl Hungus. Carl Hungus. Here to fix the cobble. My name is Carl. You should be an expert. Yeah, here to fix the cobble. Yeah. Yeah. Where can we find you and uh, the Predator Minute online, John? Thanks. Uh, my own personal i'm at john's brisky but i don't really use that anymore seeing as i'm running the old predator minute twitter handle at predator minute just keeping busy there liking a bunch of uh shoe links and sport links <laughs> the occasional minute movie by minute links speaking mm-hmm. of movies by minute links you can find all of the podcasts that break down movies one minute at a time at moviesbyminutes.com. Currently, there are 123 podcasts breaking down movies by minutes. So if you like movies, there's a good chance there's a podcast breaking down your very favorite movie, your movie franchise, one minute at a time. If you'd like to email us, hit us up at predatorminute at gmail.com. You can also just join the discussion on Facebook, Predator Minute Listeners Palapa, And for a couple bonuses, Jeff and I recently hosted Into the Night Minute for minutes 41 through 45. So check us out there. We had a good time talking about Michelle Pfeiffer, Jeff Goldblum, and Sean Connery. Dude. Sean Connery. Dude. I don't even remember why Sean Connery came out. I do not either. And I just finished (laughs) editing the episodes about a week ago. (laughs) We talk about cigar commercials and... Cadillacs, Sean Connery impressions. Oh, there's a Michael Jackson impression yes. in there at some point. Yeah, check that out. Uh, that was that was a fun project. <laughs> it turned out to be fun. Yeah, it, fun. It, it really was. Just talking about yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was recently a guest on Cornetto Minute for minutes seventy-one through seventy-five of Hot Fuzz. With Nick Menez mm. and Scott Corelli, who we just had on for uh, a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago. Nice. It's a circle of life. Ah, a circle of life. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> for Predator Minute, Minute 36, I've been John Zabriski. <laughs> and I'm Jeff Glover. And until next time, <sighs> stick around. We get to see everybody. Sweet. Hey, everybody. Hi, everybody. (laughs) What is that from? That is from something. I don't know. Well, you said it, and I immediately did that. So I say sometimes. When I'm reading Eva bedtime stories, I say it like that. I know that's from something. Hey, everybody. But I don't know. It always makes Sarah laugh, so I always do it. Michelle Van Moore used to have this like SAT like word, like vocab word review DVD. Mm-hmm. And 
it would use a bunch of clips from movies to like introduce the words. Uh-huh. And there was one where a guy was like, at the very end, it was actually at the very end, the guy goes, like the voiceover goes, hey, everybody, let's review. <laughs> That's what I always think of. <laughs>